Hello, my name is Meg. Welcome to the Unedited Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. The goal of this podcast is to help you both develop and enjoy the habit of daily Bible reading and prayer. About 20 years ago, at a very low spot in my life, I was convicted to begin this simple discipline, and I looked up years down the road to see how God had used this habit to heal deep places in my heart and do incredible things in my life. So over the years, it's really become my greatest passion to help others get to know Jesus through His Word and through His presence. Through this podcast, I'm hoping to help you see the Word of God with fresh eyes, to learn to slow down with your Bible, and ultimately to fall in love with Jesus and to fall in love with your Bible. So thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so grateful to have you here. Hello, welcome, happy, happy, happy Friday to you. I hope you're having an amazing day, and I pray that something that is shared on today's episode will strengthen your walk with God. Today's episode is going to be called Get the Word on Your Wounds, and I am going to share uh, the closing chapter of Unedited, the book. And today's episode was inspired by a little line that I read in a book. The book is The Gift of Pain by Dr. Paul Brand and Philip Yancey. I'm slowly working my way through the book. I'm not finished with it yet, but it's really been fascinating in the book. Dr. Brand um, shares his journey in medicine and the road that led to his becoming a pain doctor. He worked with lepers for many years, and it is very, very fascinating. But there's one particular line in the book that struck me and really has stuck with me since I read it last summer. Dr. Brand was sharing about working with penicillin in the 1940s and um, with World War II soldiers. And I'm going to read this quote. The book says, I was doing rotations at London suburban hospitals when I had my first direct contact with penicillin. At Leviston, an evacuation hospital, I treated some of the victims of the British retreats at Boulogne and Dunkirk. Word of the miracle drug had spread like wildfire among the troops. No matter how bad your wound, this stuff will keep you alive. No matter how bad your wound, this stuff will keep you alive. Dr. Brand went on in the book to discuss the challenges of penicillin and really the painful process of administering it. Um, He went on to talk about how soldiers would rather have been injured on the battlefield than receive the shots of penicillin. It was just so painful in those early days of its being um, administered. But when I read that line, I immediately thought of the word of God. No matter how bad your wound, this stuff will keep you alive. And we live in the real world. We live in a fallen world. We all have fallen natures. We live with and we work with people who have fallen natures. I have my own self-centered ways. It just comes so naturally. This is why we need the Spirit of God to override our self-centered natural tendencies And others have their own self-centered ways. And the result of all this is that sometimes we get wounded. Sometimes life wounds us and sometimes we get injuries. And some wounds 
come from spiritual battles. When we're born again, we've entered a battle. It tells us in Ephesians, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And battles inevitably come with wounds. And some wounds that we will have in this life come from other people. Jesus said it is impossible that offenses will not come. Offenses are painful. They come with wounds. And they are a part of life on this planet. And then there's other wounds that come from our own actions. We make decisions that injure ourselves. And injuries and wounds come and occur in our lives on so many different levels. Sometimes it's just bruises that are caused maybe by disappointments. All the way up to life-threatening, deep gaping wounds that are from abuse or some other situation wounds can really run the gamut in our lives and wounds are painful and sometimes we have wounds that are from long ago maybe 20 30 40 50 years ago that we never dealt with and they're just down there unhealed festering away below the surface and we know that the smallest wound undealt with can become infected, infection can set into a body, can cause sepsis or other uh, diseases to run rampant throughout the human body. And the same is true in our spirit. The smallest wound that's undealt with that allows an infection to set in can turn to bitterness and it can affect every area of our lives. Proverbs 18:14 says, "The spirit of man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear it." In Christian standard, that reads, "A person's spirit can endure sickness, but who can survive a broken spirit?" And really I think the writer here is trying to say that a person who has a wholeness or like a liveliness in their inner man can survive sickness and diagnosis and physical injury. But who can endure the weight of a broken spirit, a broken and a crushed inside? I believe, and this is just my belief, I don't have anything to back this up, but I do believe that it's quite possible that internal wounds have killed more people than external wounds ever thought of. Again, no proof on that. But it is unforgiven internal wounds that lead to so many physical sicknesses. There is studies that prove this. I'm going to read just a little quote from John Hopkins' study. It says, There is enormous physical burden to being hurt and disappointed, says Karen Swartz, medical doctor, director of the Mood Disorders Adult Consultation Clinic at the John Hopkins Hospital. Chronic anger puts you into flight or fight or flight mode, which results in numerous changes in blood pressure, heart rate, and immune response. Those changes then increase the risk of depression, heart disease, and diabetes, among other conditions. Forgiveness, however, calms stress levels, leading to improved health. Forgiveness is not just about saying words. It is an active process in which You make a conscious decision to let go of negative feelings, whether the person deserves it or not. As you release the anger, resentment, and hostility, you begin to feel empathy, compassion, and sometimes even affection for the person who wronged you. 
that is very powerful and very compelling study. You can just Google John Hopkins study on forgiveness. There's several articles I've read on it. But it is unhealed, unforgiven internal wounds that have led to so many uh, physical disorders, mental health disorders, just like it was just expressed in that article. It is internal wounded spirits that have led many to take their own lives so sadly, so heartbreakingly. Internal wounds have a massive ability to rob humanity of life. And I certainly do not know the way that wounds have been inflicted on your life. And I'm so sorry for the wounds that have been afflicted, inflicted on your life, the offenses that have hurt you, the things you've endured. But I want to tell you that no matter how you've received wounds or where those wounds were inflicted, God can heal you. The word of God is alive. It's better than any penicillin ever thought of being. There's no drawbacks to the word of God. No side effects. No matter how bad your wound is, this stuff will keep you alive. The word of God will take you on a journey of healing. It teaches us what it looks like to forgive. And forgiveness is a massive part of healing The word of God is an ointment more powerful than any salve or any medicine available. And we have to allow the word to speak into our wounds. Self-pity and hopelessness will try to speak into our wounds. They'll say, you'll never be healed. You'll never recover. You'll never get over this pain. But the word of God will counter those lies. Our pastor has always taught our church That we have to be so careful who we allow to speak into our wounds. And this is why we have to be careful who we open our wounds up to. When we have wounds, there's a couple things we need to do. Number one, talk to the right people. This may be a pastor. This may be a godly confidant who has a connection to the Lord. This may be a professional Christian counselor. Again, we want people who have a God-centered worldview and a Bible-centered theology to speak into our wounds. We need somebody who's going to tell us all things work together for good. All things work together for good to those who love God. Anything can be used for good. And we need people who have that understanding to speak into our wounds. We need to talk to Jesus. We need to open up to Jesus. Wounds don't heal when they're covered over with too many layers. I remember when I was a little girl, my mom would say, you need to take the Band-Aid off and let it get some air. And that's the same thing. When we come into the presence of God, we open up our hearts before him. We show him the reasons for our hurt. We show him the reasons for our pain. And he pours healing oil into those wounds. And we choose to forgive. God cannot heal what we will not forgive. Forgiveness is an incredibly huge piece of healing. And lastly, we need to get the word on our wounds. When you are hurt, the second you receive an injury, get some word on it. It is healing ointment for internal wounds. And I want to say so emphatically, there is never a lost cause. There is never a wound that is too deep or too infected for God to heal. Sometimes... He has to hurt us a little more in the right way in order to heal us. There's a couple of verses. Job 5.18 says, For he wounds, but he binds up. 
he shatters, but his hands heal. And Hosea 6, 1 says, Come, let us return to the Lord, for he has torn, that he may heal us. He has struck us down, and he will bind us up. Sometimes in the wake of maybe consequences, God does corrective surgery. And sometimes healing requires that further wounding at the hand of the only one who can heal hearts. Psalm 47, 3 says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. And in that process, sometimes his word is medicine, Sometimes his word is ointment. Sometimes his word is a scalpel. Hebrews 4.12 tells us, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. His word will get down into the broken places of our hearts and our spirits, just like a surgeon's scalpel, dividing and perfecting, making the tiniest little incisions and tiniest little cuts, cutting out infections, bitterness, undealt with injuries, and old mindsets, really for the purpose of ultimate healing. And if you have wounds, if you have things that are hurting you on the inside, Others may not be able to see them, but Jesus sees them and he wants to heal them. Open them up to Jesus in the sterile environment of his presence and get the word on your wounds. No matter how bad your wound is, this stuff will keep you alive. And not only will it keep you alive, it will heal you. Before there was ever an unedited podcast, there was an unedited book, at least in my mind. And I spent about five years working on the book before I started the podcast. And I wept my way through that writing project and through that process of picking pieces out of my journals, which was what the Lord had laid on my heart. Just longing to help anyone and everyone find healing in the word of God and I want to reiterate what I already said there's no lost cause no matter where you are right now no matter the level of pain if it is crippling if it is debilitating if it's blinding you if it's robbing you of life if it's speaking lies into your ears that you can't make it through it you can God can heal you God has never met a lost cause yet And today, in place of an unedited journal entry, I am going to share Thoughts for the Road, the closing chapter of unedited hope and healing through the simple habit of Bible reading and prayer. Thoughts for the Road. He sent his word and healed them. Psalm 107, 20. He has sent me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captive and the opening of prison to those who are bound, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. This was prophesied of Jesus in Isaiah 61, 1-3. In closing this book, there are so many things I'd like to say, but above all, My desire is to convey one clear message, hope. I can assure you that God's will is to heal your heart just as he's been healing mine. Healing broken hearts was part of Jesus' mission. 
He loves to take lives from every corner of society and reform and repurpose them from broken places into beautiful places. Truly, he wants to give beauty for ashes. With all of that said, Bible reading and prayer will not be a quick fix. They are not a magic formula or a secret potion. They are components of the journey of healing, which must begin with salvation. From the point of salvation, we move into pursuit of Jesus through his word and our prayers. Don't merely seek healing, seek Jesus. Don't seek intellectual knowledge about the Bible. Seek the one who is the word made flesh, John 1.14. Don't seek the supernatural or the miraculous. Seek Jesus. The fact is, healing and miracles are a natural byproduct of who he is. As you seek him, he will bring revelation of his word that intellectual pursuit alone cannot, and healing will follow along behind. Seek Jesus for himself. One consideration about the word is that it is teeming with potential. Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3.15 and said, And that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation. The scriptures are able. It is possible. The word of God holds all the potential for us to be saved and subsequently healed, but knowledge is not enough. The knowledge acquired must be mixed with faith, and faith will always lead to obedient response. It is in the acts of obeying and humbly submitting to the word of God that we find first salvation and secondly healing. Those, in turn, will bring peace of mind, contentment, joy, a deep love we've never known before, and more. But it's all predicated on responding in faith to what we read on the, spa- on the pages of Scripture. They are able to make you wise unto salvation. They are jam-crammed, overflowing with potential. You and I and our response will be the determining factors. Our response to the Bible will decide its ability to produce salvation, growth, and healing in our lives. In addition to saving and healing you from pain, the Word of God can keep you from pain. Much of the pain we experience in our lives is from consequences of poor, self-willed decisions. Not only do I believe the Bible has incredible healing power, I believe it has incredible preserving power. As the old adage goes, An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. The Bible is cure, yes, but so much more prevention. King David said, How can a young person cleanse his way? By taking heed according to God's word. Jude wrote in his tiny New Testament epistle, Unto him who is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. I will not tell you that reading the Bible will keep you from ever sinning or making mistakes, but it will certainly help keep you from sinning and making costly, consequential mistakes. The word of God ingested and obeyed before coming into times of trial, temptation, and testing is the very thing that will carry you through those times. I am not telling you the Bible will keep you from all pain, but if heeded, it has the power to preserve you from avoidable pain, the pain of consequence, the pain of breaking brought by poor, selfish, and sinful choices. The Bible is not only medicinal intervention, it is powerful preventative maintenance. However, 
No matter how much preventative maintenance you internalize, you will face pain in life. Ernest Hemingway said, the world breaks everyone and afterward, many are strong at the broken places. It's true, life breaks us all, each one at some point in some way. We are broken because we are fragile. You are fragile, I am fragile, humanity is fragile. Fragile is easily broken or damaged, according to the dictionary. That is each one of us. Every human that dots the face of this planet, life is fragile, our health is fragile, relationships are fragile, and God knows that. Psalm 103.14 states, For he knows how weak we are. He remembers that we are only dust. The strongest person you know on the best day of their life is still fragile. We are all one phone call away from heartbreak. We are all one moment away from loss. We are all one moment away from diagnosis, regret, that irrevocable decision. We are all one breath away from death. We are all walking the fine line between time and eternity, one step between this life and the next. And that makes us fragile, delicate, easily broken. We can be broken by angry words or by no words, disappointments, divorce, abuse, loss, grief, absent or preoccupied parents, depression, the negativity and sadness of the culture, the lack of answers for all life's questions, the mean kids in elementary school, the mean kids in our grown-up lives, the words that reverberate through our mind and left wounds that nothing can seem to heal, and on and on and on. The list could go on for pages. We all have, or have had, or will have the things that break us, sometimes at the hand of another, sometimes at our own hand, and sometimes simply because of life. The Apostle Paul wrote, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Earthenware is fragile, earthenware is easily broken, yet that is just the sort of place God chose to store his treasure, the treasure of his light, the treasure of his love, the treasure of his spirit. Why? The end of the verse explains that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. It's not about the vessel, it's about what's inside. Not only is earthenware fragile, but it's also generally inconspicuous. God chose to put his greatest treasures in the most fragile and ordinary places. You are fragile and God values your fragility, your frailty, because he values brokenness. He doesn't value brokenness simply for the sake of breaking us, but for what brokenness has the potential to produce in our lives. Depth of soul, character, humility, compassion, empathy, and especially dependence upon him. These are just a few of the many effects brokenness has in our lives. The effects produced in a life through brokenness remain long after God heals the things that cause the brokenness and produce the pain. Our pain, when handled properly, is temporary, but the results of what it produces are permanent, and these permanent qualities in a life are beautiful. Yes, you are fragile, you are weak, you are easily broken, and yet you are strong. You are tenacious, you are resilient. You do not have to be a victim. You have what it takes to be an overcomer. You possess full potential to display the indomitable human spirit. You have the image of a great God imprinted on every last strand of your DNA. 
You have dreams and hopes that he wrote into your soul when he formed you in the womb. You are full of potential and possibility. It is, however, the admission of our weaknesses, our own frailty, that opens the door to true strength. When I am weak, then I am strong. Paul in 2 Corinthians 12.10 In our weakest places, he has the opportunity to reveal his greatest power. Admission of our weak, our frail, our fragile, our broken is like a giant magnet that draws him to us. Confessing our sin and our brokenness invites him to come in and do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. The Lord is near to them that are of a broken heart, Psalm 34, 18. He heals the broken in heart and binds up their wounds, Psalm 147, 3. Healing broken is one of the things that Jesus does best. He wants to heal the raw, stabbing pain of fresh wounds and the low, dull ache of low, old wounds. He wants to heal both heartbreak and heartache. He wants to heal the fragile, tender places and the crushed ground to find powder places. As you grant him access to your heart, you'll find the pain beginning to dissipate his strength overwhelming your frailty, and in the end you'll find that your brokenness was the backdrop for his strength and restorative ability. You will find that you are strong at the broken places. These are just a few thoughts for the road. I pray you choose hope. I pray you go grab your Bible and a notebook. I pray you choose to begin today on the road from grace to glory. With love and hope, Meg. Again, that's the closing chapter of Unedited Hope and Healing through the simple habit of Bible reading and prayer available on Amazon and at PentecostalPublishingHouse.com. Today, just an encouragement to get the word on your wounds. The word of God is balm. It's bandage. It can heal wounds like absolutely nothing else. And when we have wounds, we need to talk to the right people, talk to Jesus, open our wounds up before him, choose to forgive, and get the word on our wounds. It's not a rumor like it was about penicillin. It's true. No matter how bad your wound is, this stuff will keep you alive. The word of God will heal broken hearts. Thank you so much for joining me for this journey. I look forward to meeting up with you again next Friday. If you have questions or to download a typed or a handwritten transcript of today's entry, you can visit meganedited.com. For now, go grab your journal and your Bible. I look forward to the power of this habit in your life. This is unedited. This is for you. Happy, happy, amazing Friday. And see what a long podcast I have spoken with my own mouth.